This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Hallelujah. Well, did you all bring a Bible with you this morning? This, I tell you what, this, this whole thing, the further I get into it, the more excited I get. Glory to God. And uh, because of what it represents and because of uh, uh, the power of God that is <laughs> part of this whole thing. Hallelujah. This is going to be awesome. You say, how do you know? Well, I just know. Amen. So get ready for a ride. It's a day of celebration, you guys. And I say that in this context, you know, we're celebrating the wonder and really the supernatural miracle of salvation. You know, salvation is a reality. What do I mean by that? I mean that there is an experience, genuine experience that takes place in the hidden secret place of the human heart for every man, woman, and child who comes to a place of faith in Jesus Christ. And that, that faith brings about a change. It's, it's supernaturally transformational where their nature is changed from that of death to life. In the scriptures, the Bible tells us that before knowing Christ, that we were by nature the children of wrath. The reason being is, is because we're all born into sin because of Adam's transgression long ago. But thank God Jesus came. Everybody say amen. And he gave his life as a ransom for us so that we might be able to have life and life more abundantly. Well, the people on this list that I'll read to you a little bit later have made that decision and have chosen, praise God, to walk in the light of the Word of God and take Jesus as their Lord. So salvation's a defining, it really is a miracle moment. Hallelujah. Many of you can look back to the time when you were changed by the power of God. And because of that, it occurs within the heart and lives of those who repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Today, a number of people are going to be following a path in which millions, everybody say millions, yeah, have gone down before in obedience to the command or a commandment of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you know, we're a Protestant church, so um, you understand that when it comes to church ordinances, we really only have two that we can see within the New Testament, one of which is communion. Jesus instituted the, the table of communion, you know, uh, during what we refer to as the Last Supper. And then also he re- references the fact that we're, those that believe are to be baptized. Hallelujah. And that's what we're doing here today. So salvation, it is supernatural. It's transformational. It brings about a change within the life of a person. And also, when we talk about water baptism, and this is what's important for you to realize, water baptism is not just a tradition. It's not a ritual. It's not, it's not something, you know, we're going through emotion. But rather, it too is a defining miracle moment that is going to be happening in the lives of these people. We can see that witnessed in Jesus' baptism. God showed up at that baptism service, and guess what? That same God is here today. Hallelujah. So it's not a ritual to be performed, but it is a public declaration that these people have said, I'm going to become a follower of Jesus Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 
and verse 1 and 2, the Apostle Paul said this, I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud that moved ahead of them, and all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized, now notice, as followers of Moses. Now, you know, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews about different baptisms. And, you know, this is really a, you could call it a, a symbol, you could call it a, a, a type, if you want to call it that, where the nation of Israel, you know, were at this place where their back was against the wall and God made a way where there was no way. And he opened up the Red Sea. The Bible says that the waters were congealed. That means they went back and they froze. And all of Israel, must have been a cold night, but all of Israel went through there. And, and as the Bible says, in the cloud and in the sea, they were baptized into Moses. Now, if we move up to the New Testament and we start looking at the ministry of Jesus, prior to his ministry, there was John the Baptist. And we see in the scriptures that prior to Jesus's revealing that John preached a baptism of repentance. And we know that from what we see in the scriptures. And then people became followers of John. So in one place they followed Moses, in another place they were following John the Baptist. But when Jesus was revealed, all of a sudden, everything shifted and people became followers of Jesus Christ instead of John, you know, because in one place we read in the scriptures and John just testified and he said, he must increase and I must decrease. Hallelujah. And so we see this in that. Well, today, those being baptized are declaring both their allegiance and their heart to becoming followers of Jesus Christ. And the pathway of salvation it's not just a verbal, you know, confession per se, as much as it is a heartfelt uh, commitment. A lot of people can say a lot of things, but I tell you what, when you get down to where the rubber meets the road, it's about your heart and my heart before our Heavenly Father, and that's where real things change. You know, <clears throat> when I talk about commitment, we look at the early church, first century church, and I want you to know that these people were all in when it came to their commitment to Jesus Christ because they were a persecuted people. Many of them gave their lives. Stephen was stoned because of the name of Jesus and because he was a follower of him. And so water baptism, again, it's not a church ritual or tradition, but it is a very distinct and a biblically commanded personal responsibility of every person who receives Christ as their savior. And so when we look at the scriptures, you know, a lot of times people ask, well, why do you do it that way? You know, a lot of times, you know, you'll find churches that, you know, baptize their babies as infant. And I'm okay with that. I don't have any problem with that. But what we're doing is we're trying to do what we know the scriptures teach us in terms of being appropriate in our approach to this. And this is our view of it. When we baptize children, or I'm sorry, when we, we dedicate children, we do it because you know, they're not of an age to have any kind of conscious understanding of what's taking place within their lives. You know, I mean, people can look back and say, yeah, you know, my folks water baptized me. Well, that's great. And I'm, you know, again, I'm not knocking it. But what we do is we dedicate our children to the Lord until they reach an age of accountability. 
I had some people, you know, some parents that came up and said, well, what do you think about John or Susie or whoever, you know, being baptized? And I said, that's your call. That's your decision. Do you know for sure that they consciously understand that there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun, and that Jesus, that they've asked him to be the Lord of their life? They said, well, yes. And I said, well, then by all means, we want them to be baptized in water because of what it is that they understand. In the scriptures, the Bible tells us, Jesus actually said to the people, go into all the world, his disciples, and preach the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. Yeah, to every creature. And he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Now, I want you to understand the order of that. He that believes first and then is baptized shall be saved. And so that's why we want people to have a conscious understanding of what baptism is. And he that believeth not, it goes on to say, shall be damned. And then Jesus spoke in another place in Matthew. He said that all power is given to me, or authority, both in heaven and on earth. And when he did this, he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. And so... When he gave this commission to his disciples, away they went. And we know on the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up, began to preach. He said, these are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And he talked about how that the Spirit of God would come upon, you know, all flesh, glory to God. And as, they were, as he was preaching, he basically told them, he said, I know that you did it, what you did in crucifying Christ ignorantly, but he calls you to repent. And in the scriptures, the Bible says, when these people that were listening heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And then Peter said to them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So what is baptism? It's more than just an event or an experience that we can say, well, I've done that, you know, now I'm good. It's so much more than that. And I would say that if that's your attitude, you're missing the whole point. When we talk about baptism and defining it, you know, it's an experience that we have as believers, but it also points to the power that is in baptism, that, that has the potential in our lives to be lived out. You see, because when you go down into the water, it represents a death. And the Bible talks about how that we are then raised up to walk or live or conduct ourselves in newness of life. And thank God for that. Amen. So it points to your personal commitment to become a follower of Jesus. But also, water baptism acknowledges your belief. Hallelujah. In God's ability and his empowerment for you as a child of God to live, listen, a baptized life. Amen. And I tell you what, thank God for that. Amen. How many of you know, you know, I, I suppose in all of our lives we've tried to be good. How many of you tried to be good? How many of you failed? Okay. You know, I mean, in your best efforts. But thank God, when you come to know Jesus 
and you're born of his spirit, glory to God, everything changes. Jesus said you must be born again, born of the spirit of God. And when that happens, friends, something changes. And not only does our heart change before God, but there is an empowerment that is associated with his indwelling presence that helps you and I to be able to live victoriously. What do I mean by that? I'm talking about living, you know, victoriously over sin, not being dominated by our flesh, not allowing, you know, the things of this world to control us or dominate us, but thank God to live free and to enjoy the blessing of God in our lives. Hallelujah. So it serves as an action of commitment to burial, and it represents a death. Hallelujah. What do I mean by that? You're just saying, I'm not going to live after my old life anymore. Glory to God. But I'm going to live for him. You know, the apostle Paul said it this way. He said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. And yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me. Hallelujah. And he gave himself for me. Aren't you glad for that this morning? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't go to sleep right now. It's going to get good. Hallelujah. You know, the apostle Paul, he converts a baptismal site into a graveyard. And so when we watch these people go down into this water, they're being buried with Christ in baptism. And they're going to be coming back up out of that water to be able to thank God by his power to live in newness of life. In other words, we're burying our old ways where Jesus invites us to meet him. Hallelujah. And at the same time, we're rising to walk in the newness of life to lift us above the dead past habits. Again, Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 6 said this, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, hallelujah, now we can continue, or can we now continue to live in it? Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried in Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also can live brand new lives. So I tell you what, we see this picture of this dynamic deliverance from, save, uh, from slavery to destiny. You know, I mentioned to you about uh, earlier in the uh, dedication service that God has a plan for everyone. Well, you know, until you come to know him, you can never know what that plan is. But when you come and you meet Jesus, then all of a sudden you go from slavery to a divine plan or a destiny that he has for your life. Hallelujah. And I thank God that so many of you that are here gathered today have made a decision to receive him so that you can know his plan and his will for your life. You know, life isn't perfect. I mean, it has its storms and we deal with all kinds of things. But I tell you what, thank God you're not going through it alone. And it's all because of what it is that God did through his son. So when we read this scripture that in the cloud and in the sea, all of them were baptized as followers to Moses, you know, and, and what was going on there, I want you to see the backdrop because, you know, they came out of Israel and they, you know, marched up to this place called the Red Sea. And we know that there was a pillar of cloud 
or a pillar of fire and a cloud by uh, night that, that followed them, that kept them. Because Egypt and, and uh, Pharaoh's army was chasing them. And they came up to, this, the, to the Red Sea, so they were hemmed in. They were trapped. And they couldn't, you know, find a way out. Aren't you glad, praise God, God showed up. And he released his power in that situation to bring about a deliverance. And that's what I want you to see is that baptism is a deliverance too. In other words, we're just saying we're cutting off what once was so that we can live a life that he would have us to live. And, you know, from things that enslave us, elements which, you know, so many people have been bound by the adversary, you know, the God of this world, the Bible says, blinds the minds of those that don't believe, so that the light of the glorious gospel won't shine. Because when you hear the truth, man, the truth will make you free. And the truth is that Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for you. And whoever will call upon his name can and will be saved or delivered. And that's what baptism shows is taking place. And not only that, but I'm telling you what, when you get baptized in water and you understand what it is, you get delivered from the hellish oppression of this world. And so many people, praise God, can be free if they come to him. So, like I said, baptism... It's, it's not a tradition, it's a miracle moment. And we're going to watch it happen in the lives of these people. I'll, I'll refer to Jesus' water baptism. It says that when he'd been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Is something like that going to happen here this morning? Well, I don't know that it is. But I do know this, that our Heavenly Father, with His eyes, are watching while each and every one of these people make their commitment to Him. And I believe, praise God, that when they come up out of that water, yes, they may have a, a defining moment where God speaks to them somehow or another, or they may just recognize the freedom that they now are experiencing because of the, the deliverance that God gives. But you know, notice that when Jesus was baptized, the realm of the invisible and that reality became perceptible. And it was functioning. You know, we live in this world, you guys, and we're so sometimes naturally inclined in our thinking, both with our reasoning and our physical being. But, you know, there's a heavenly realm. The Bible talks about cherubims and seraphims and angels and, you know, all around. And the Bible tells us, you know, that we have angels that have been given charge over us. We don't see them, but nevertheless, they're real and they function in that role to keep you. I mean, probably, you know, you could go around and you could probably, you know, um, uh, name a large percentage of people that perhaps almost had a near-death experience, but somehow or another they were kept, they were saved, uh, it, the, the whatever it was didn't happen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I mean, when you look back in your life, I, I guarantee you your angels have been working. Some of them, you know, they've been working overtime with a few of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But they're real. And so when I, when I make reference to what happened in Jesus' experience, what, what happened was is the people that were there, they, they witnessed this thing. And, and this invisible realm became perceptible to them. And not only that, but it became functional. 
And we know and we see that Jesus went out and did in his earthly ministry by the power of the Holy Spirit many, many incredible things. So God desires the same for us. Where the invisible is, it's not some mysterious, some bizarre thing, but understanding it as a real dimension within our lives. Because, you know, for, the, for example, the Bible says that you and I, uh, you know, have the privilege to pray. Well, you know, our prayers are not just a, you know, throw it up there and see what happens. There is a Father in heaven who the Bible says, whose ears are open to our prayers. How many of you believe that today? And so praise God, you know, <clears throat> I just believe that as it was spoken to Jesus, so it is being spoken to us today, those being baptized, you know, what did, what, what did heaven say? We heard it. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You know, there's a bunch of people here this morning that I believe God's saying, you know what? I'm pleased. I'm pleased that you're willing to make this declaration of your faith before everyone publicly that you're a believer in Jesus Christ. So I've said this for 40 years, and I'll say it again, and that is simply this. Baptism doesn't save you, but save people who have made a commitment to Christ get baptized. And so it's important to understand that divine order because it begins, first of all, with a commitment to him. Hallelujah. So we're demonstrating what we believe to be ours through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then I'll, I'll close before we do our, our, our baptism with this uh, story in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. It's a beautiful story. And what I mean by that, I, there, there's several elements within this experience that uh, Philip had that I want us to see. First of all, I want you to recognize that God will move heaven and earth to get to you if your heart is, is yearning or reaching out toward him, okay? So let's read the story. I'll make my explanations here, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Acts chapter 8. Notice beginning in verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spoke unto Philip. So evidently Philip had um, an angelic visitation. An angel came with a message. I mean, I realize that's, that's pretty supernatural, isn't it? Okay. So this angel came to him and said, Arise and go toward the south to the way that goes down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch under great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all of her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship. He was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he read Isaiah the prophet. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go near and join yourself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Do you understand what you read? And he said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now, I've got to tell you, dude, this must have been a five-star chariot. Okay, somebody's driving this rig, you know, because this Ethiopian eunuch, he's reading the Bible out loud, 
you know. So somebody's driving, he's sitting there. Philip, he gets up there and he says, do you understand what you're reading? He says, no, I, don't, I ain't got this. He says, how can I? And uh, so the Bible says, he says, get up in here. You know, I got to believe that, that, that Philip was probably going, dude, nice rig, you know. Now, I don't know, you know, you see a lot of chariots in Charlton Heston, you know, and they're kind of that single thing. But man, I'm telling you what, man, this thing must have been a ride. And so they're there. And notice what it says um, in verse 32. The place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb dumb before his shears, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and he said, I pray thee of whom speakest the prophet this is he talking about himself or some other man and philip opened his mouth and he began the same scripture and he preached to him jesus well as they went on their way they came to a certain water and the eunuch said see here's water what hinders me to be baptized and philip said if you believe with all your heart you may and he answered and he said i believe that jesus christ is the son of god and he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Glory be to God. Now, we don't know everything that was said in that story, you know, that uh, Philip preached, but obviously he talked about the baptism, you know, and probably used the scripture that Jesus said, you know, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. He said, well, here's water, what hinders me? And he said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he, and he declared, as a public profession of his own faith, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. But here's the thing I want you to see. The Ethiopian eunuch was a seeker. He was seeking. He'd been to Jerusalem to worship, and on the way back, you know, there was this deficiency in his life. So many people, they live their entire lives with this void that only God can fill. And he's reading and he's searching. He's, he's seeking. He wants to know what this is all about. And here's the point I want to make to you is God moved supernaturally and sent a guy out into the desert so that he could meet with him. What am I trying to say to you this morning? I'm telling you what, praise God, when your heart reaches out toward God, he shows up. And that's exactly what happened with this man. And God supernaturally met him in a spiritual kind of way, and his life was changed forever. You know, maybe you're here this morning, and you've never, ever made a personal decision to receive Christ as your Savior. Well, I can tell you, dear friend, praise God, there's a heaven to gain, and there's a hell to shun. And you know, I wasn't but 19 years old when I finally figured that out. I wish that I'd have known Christ when I was a child, but I didn't. And thank God that I finally come to the realization that I needed a Savior and that Jesus had come just for me. Dear friend, do you know he came for you? The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and receive everlasting life. So maybe you're here. Maybe this is maybe the first time that you've heard something like this. But I want you to consider on the basis of what it is that we've shared with you from the scriptures that there is a genuine and a very real thing called salvation. And whoever calls on the name of the Lord can and will be saved. 
So we invite you today to have that privilege and to have the opportunity to be introduced to a risen Savior, to King Jesus, to the one who died, yes, and rose again. And he comes to everyone to ask if heaven would be a place that they would like to live. And he asks you today. So I'd like for you just to bow your heads with me, if you would, please. Father, we come before you this day. We thank you for the men and women that are being baptized in water as a public profession of their faith. We're so excited, Father God, because they've come to the place of knowing you. I pray for those, Father, perhaps within the sound of my voice, and even those who may be watching either on Facebook or the YouTube channel. And God, my prayer is simply this, that if they have yet to come to know you, that, Father, by your Spirit, you'd move in their lives and move in their hearts. Father, may they open up their heart to you today so that they too may know you in a personal and a very real way. You said, Father, whoever will call on the name of the Lord can be saved. And for that, Father, we thank you. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one's looking around. You know, I just want to give you the opportunity. I would be amiss without, I guess you would say, maybe challenging you in this. But if you've never made a decision, if you've never made a commitment to Christ, and you'd say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, you know, I, I, I can't say that, that I've even known this, that, I, that there was a decision that needed to be made, a commitment to be made. I, I thought something else. And you know what? That's okay. But if you're here and, and somehow or another you sense that God is drawing you to him today and you'd say by your uplifted hand, you know, God, I want to know you. Can I see your hand wherever you're at in this auditorium this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, we got a number of children, praise God, they are saying yes to Jesus. While your heads are still bowed, eyes are closed, are there any adults? You don't know him. Hallelujah. You know, I grew up in a mainline denominational church, and, and I was, uh, you know, had the whole attendance deal and whatever, but I didn't know him in my heart until, like I said, I was 19 years old. And he changed my life forever. And friend, he wants to do the same thing for you. So I pray, praise God, that by the Spirit of God, you'll call upon his name and make him the Lord of your life. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you can all look up here at me. All right, we're going to, uh, I'm going to, I got more stuff going on here and I know what to do with. <clears throat> Bunch of people are being baptized and when I call your name, if you would please, you can go ahead and stand. I tell you what, why don't you all stand together for just a moment, you've been sitting for a while, give you a chance to change your position a little bit. And we got a host of people that are going to be baptized in water here this morning, praise God, and we're going to celebrate with them. Amen? Is that all right with you? Yes. Now, here's another thing, and we've done this before. Uh, why don't you go ahead and sit back down again? That's all you get. Okay? But sometimes people come to these services, and they recognize they've never been baptized in water, but they're a believer. They, be they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. You might as well get baptized today. What, what a kick in the pants that would be if you just decide, you know what, man, I'm going to go for it. Now, there's a whole bunch of people that are, they got blue shirts on, and we even have 
a blue shirt for you. Do we? Do we have a blue shirt for them? What? It's a possibility we have a blue shirt for you too. So if you're concerned about your, uh, you know, your apparel, uh, we'll give you a towel after it's over with. I don't know what you can do about the pants thing. You know, I can't help you there. We'd love to see you get baptized in water. Amen. And uh, so uh, you can do that. Glory to God. And it's just, a, it's just fun. Hallelujah. So um, I guess, is there anybody that's willing to take the challenge? You want to get just baptized right now? Anybody at all? Okay. You're still thinking about it. I know you are. So I'm going to name these names. And those, when I name these names, you guys can go ahead and stand up. And did they tell you where you're supposed to go? Okay. Huh? Oh, they're going that way. Okay. All right. Elizabeth Doty, Jerry Doty, Samantha Doty, Sammy and Nick Doty. I mean, the whole Doty family, man. I mean, we're just, they're all just praise God. Ethan uh, Vassell, if I pronounce that right. Uh, Dalton Tillman, Ethan Hill, Caden Hill, Carter Eskrick, Curtis Yelton. Curtis works at Casey's. And I tell you, this guy has been asking me for water baptism for like months. Hallelujah. And thank God he's, uh, he's gonna, it's going to happen here. Hallelujah. All right. And uh, Jace Fisher, Gage Yoder, Ethan Yoder, Elizabeth Carlson. I think she's over here. Yeah. Grace McKee. Matthew McKee. Glory to God. All of those. Did I miss anybody? Okay. All right, how about the rest of you bold souls? You want to get baptized in water this morning? Last time we did this, I think we had three or four that just went for it. It was awesome. Amen. You say, yeah, what about my makeup? Nobody cares, especially heaven, you know. Say, well, I'll look like a mess. Well, they'll give you something. You can fix yourself back up again. Anybody that's not baptized in water and wants to be this morning, when will you ever get a chance like this? Huh? I remember one time we were in a Bible study, and we fit, it was late. It was like in the fall of the year. I mean, it was cold, you know. And uh, we got talking about water baptism, realized there was a bunch of them that hadn't been water baptized. We went out and got a horse tank and put it on the sidewalk at this couple's house, filled it with well water, in the cold. Now we're talking about commitment here. Come on. Huh? And, and they got baptized in water. And they were never so glad, hallelujah, to come back up out of that deal. Glory to God. I remember we went to Israel and we baptized. I think there was 20-some people that got baptized in the Jordan River. Well, the pastors, there was three of us. And we had to go into the water. We were wondering how we were going to do this because there are all these groups. And so they just said, well, if it's your uh, parishioner, you baptize them and, you know, we'll just, you know, go through the whole line. Well, you got to realize the Jordan River, when we were there, dude, was freezing. And so we're standing in the water, everybody else kind of coming in, going out, coming in, going out. Not too bad. No, the pastors, I'm not kidding you. By the time that deal was over with, dude, I was numb from here down. And, but we got to baptize, glory to God. Amen. So this is, the water's nice. You know, it's warm. Not only that, praise God, we've thrown enough chlorine. It'll kill anything that you think 
might bother you, it will not be an issue. Hallelujah. Now, you might smell for about three days, but that's all right. Anybody you've never been baptized in water, and you say, you know what, I'm going to do it. Huh? Anybody at all? Glory to God. Amen. Don't, don't wave your hand. I'll take it as a yes. Okay? Anybody? You've never been baptized in water. You say, you ain't getting me out of this chair. Well, I'm not the one doing it anyway. Hallelujah. We're going to obey Jesus. Amen? See this crew? They're obeying Him. They're following Him. Anyone at all before we get going. All right? Going once, going twice. And if you decide while they're being baptized, yes, I want to, I'll take you too. Hallelujah. All right. So, uh, I guess, praise God. Why don't you stand one more time? I didn't, didn't have you uh, up very long there before. Glory to God. All right, let's let the fun begin. Glory to God. Amen. We got Pastor Glenn. We got Daryl Spar, one of our uh, uh, children's workers. Praise God, oh, Daryl. He's going to uh, uh, help out here today. It's going to be great. So let's celebrate it every time they get baptized.